Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. Ryan Bonaparte. And we're here with you a day late because uh, we wanted to watch Purdue basketball take on Grace College yesterday on BTN+. Plus. So that's what Ryan and I were doing instead of recording a podcast for you fine folks. But we're back at it this evening. We are going to talk Purdue versus Grace College. Take a break, and then unfortunately we will be covering uh, Purdue versus Michigan that is coming up for you Saturday 7 p.m. at the Big House under the lights. And I know, Ryan, you and I are both really excited for that matchup. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm just shaking in my boots over it. Literally, I am. <laughs> I cry for help. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. So um, what I will say is that's going to come in the second half of the podcast. So we'll try to have a little more optimism and fun in the first half here as we talk basketball. So yeah. Purdue had their <laughs> second and final uh, basketball exhibition of the season yesterday. They played Grace College, and it was 98-51. to 51. It was your final score. And honestly, wasn't even really that close. So um, Purdue, mm-hmm. Purdue took care of business, did everything they needed to do in this game. Um, your starting five, if you didn't get to see it, were Trey Kaufman-Wren, Zach Eady, Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, and Lance Jones. So... Um, Mason Gillis relegated to the bench, um, still played 14 minutes, but he was the one who, you know, came off and uh, did not get the starting job in the last two games. Instead, it was Trey Kaufman-Wren. So just an interesting little change there. I know all offseason painter is focused on Trey Kaufman-Wren is kind of the most improved. So it is something to watch as we go throughout the season. Um, Ryan, rather than go kind of blow by blow, through um you know the game itself because it was obviously a huge blowout is there anybody any player uh that stood out to you in a positive or negative way that you kind of like to highlight um i think so i think what i kind of gravitate towards is um i mean i i like to avoid talking about zach Eady just because we know how much of the conversation zach Eady is going to uh have and we know what kind of player he is but I know you said this kind of in our group chat. Um, we're sort of getting to the realm of being concerned about Fletcher Lawyer shooting ability. Yeah. Um, that's sort of the negative that I have is just, you know, I know he's got a year under him and he struggled shooting from three at times. But uh, if I'm going for a positive aspect, I think this was kind of the game that we really saw what Lance Jones can bring to this team, um, shooting three of six from beyond the arc, and 13 points, looked really solid on defense, and just brought a lot of energy that I think is helpful, especially for all the young guys on this team. Yeah, yeah, and I want to go back to your first point about Fletcher Lawyer. Um, looking at the box score, he was one for five, I believe, from three-point range in this game. So obviously mm-hmm. just 20%. And you look at what he did last year. Last season was, I mean, obviously it was a great season overall for Fletcher Lawyer. But I think everyone, including Fletcher Lawyer, would agree that he did not shoot the ball from deep as well as he would like. So if you take a look at last year, he was 32.6% from three. Um not where he wants to be, I'm sure. He averaged 1.7 makes out of 5.2 attempts per game. So 32% last season, and then in this game he was 20%. Now I know 
it's a small sample size. You can't take anything from it. But it does continue a trend that we saw last year of of Fletcher Lawyer not really being able to hit the shots that, honestly, it is his role to hit. Um, it's it's it kind of an unfair position to put a player in, but when you're largely considered you know the best shooter on your team, you need to be able to hit those open shots because they can be huge momentum swings and momentum killers for the opponent. You know if you're trying to bury somebody, obviously that's not the case when we played Grace College, uh, but that may have been the case when Purdue played Arkansas. Uh, you know a point. A, a three-pointer here or there could have changed the momentum. And Lawyer did some great things in that Arkansas game by pump faking off of some threes um, and driving to the lane. And and that is obviously a weapon that he has in his arsenal. But it, it is concerning that we're seeing the same problems in these exhibition games that we saw last year that really caused Purdue um, to be out of the NCAA tournament in round one. And, you, you know, you don't want to put too much stock in the exhibitions, but when it's a pattern that carries over from last year, how concerned are you about that? Right. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, these games are kind of the building blocks and it's where you start to figure out what your team is in the uh, grand scheme of having full on opponents. You're not just playing yourself. I mean, in practice, if you're practicing against a Zach Eady, it's a little bit different than going up against somebody else from grace college let's be right honest. yeah yeah um so you definitely learn a lot in these exhibition games even though it doesn't count for a result so uh i'm sure as we get into the first game against samford it'll be more of the same but this one the sense of urgency rises still a little bit just because this one counts right, so right. i don't know if that's something that players kind of think internally for these kind of exhibition games kind of not take it off but you know ease up just a little bit but we we would like to see that progression out of Fletcher Lawyer and other guys I mean some other guys we kind of expect to take a leap we'll see if they do as well um one being Trey Kaufman Wren we expect him to kind of take that sophomore quote-unquote leap yeah um and this is your first shot at showing that but there's still more opportunity right right and i want to look at more positives um i do think as you said lance jones i thought he looked really good five of eight from the floor three of six from deep but i what impressed me most really was his intensity on the defensive end i mean he Mm -hmm. came in from siu having been on the all defensive team over there um in the Missouri Valley and been a a really consistent defender for them. But you never really know how much that's going to translate over to the big 10. It's just a different level of play. Um, But he has looked really good out there. He's been really active, tipping balls, uh, being in the right place. And he doesn't look out of sorts um, in the Purdue defense. And I think that is, that is a big key for what this team will look like overall. And, um, Braden Smith, I thought he played 17 minutes, so obviously not a ton, but again, the game was out of hand pretty early. But he only had uh, one turnover in this game, 
compared with, you know, he had seven in that first exhibition against Arkansas. Different level of competition, obviously, uh, but you love to see him taking care of the ball because he will have the ball in his hands so much this year between him uh, and Lance Jones and maybe even Ethan Morton playing a little point guard in the backup role as well. But it was great to see that turnover number come down for Braden Smith. And it was also really encouraging to see him take a shot off that high ball screen from Zach Eady. Um, when he took, uh, I think twice he made one in the opening, like five minutes, where he'll get the high ball screen from Edie. The defender will sag off just so he doesn't uh, lose any um, ground on a drive that Braden Smith has become very good at. Yeah. But then you just take a three, and if you're hitting it, that's even better. Fantastic. Yeah, and, and Plus, he was. At that point, that's when you have uh, Edie coming off of that high ball screen. He's making a beeline to the basket. And if you miss, he'll usually clean that up. Yeah, yeah, and then Braden Smith was hitting from deep in this game. I mean, he was 3 of 4, so pretty right. efficient game for him. Um, total of, uh, da, 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 da. it's really hard to read this box score. It's really tiny. Uh, 11 wow. points on uh, 9 shots, so you'll take mm-hmm. that. Um, and to your point with Zach Eady, he was 6 of 12, 9 rebounds, overall 19 total points. Now, what did you think of his three-point attempt? How did it look to you? It looked good out of his hands. I it thought it did, too. Good. It was a pretty good shot. He shot it in rhythm. Um, the only one he took, obviously, over one. He said after the game it was the only time he's taken a three in a game, ever. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would have paid money to see what Matt Painter's face looked like when he took that shot, yeah. and subsequently after, but... Not only he shot a three, Will Bird also shot a three-pointer. Mm-hmm. So two seven-footers taking shots, I mean, if you can hit those, even at a moderate clip, my goodness. Right. What, what will the offense become? Right. And and I want to continue to harp on my three-point shooting. They, You know, the box score, you can look at, it breaks it down by half, and you can just see, granted, there was heavy substitution uh, substituting in the second half, but in the first half, Purdue was six of thirteen for forty-six percent. Um, in the second half, they were two of fourteen for fourteen percent. Finished overall uh, eight of twenty-seven for twenty-nine percent. So you just you hate to see that drop off in the second half. Um, but then you you go ahead and you dig in a little further to the box score, and you see okay, Miles Colvin was zero for four. Caleb first over one, Morton over one, Waddell over one, Berg over one, Chase Martin over one, Zach Eady over one. Um, so there, there's a lot of shots there that maybe wouldn't have been taken uh, with the game on the line, especially the the Berg and the Eady three pointer. But it, this is an exhibition game, so you don't want to take too much to heart. But again, the three point shooting is something I think that gave Purdue a lot of trouble last year. So for me, it is something just to keep an eye on as we progress with real basketball starting on Monday. Yeah, and I saw someone put on there um, one of our replies to an article about this. If Purdue's hitting threes, they're just not going to be beaten. Yeah. That's just how this team is. It's when they start dipping down that you run into issues. So if they keep that up, we're flying high. But it's even if they dip down, it's not the end of the world because you have a guy like Zach Eady who doesn't rely on three-pointers. So we, 
it's sometimes you got to take that with a grain of salt, but um, I like the sh- chances and I don't like it when Purdue kind of goes into a shell when they aren't making threes. They have yes. to continue to shoot them. I know last year we kind of mentioned that with Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith not taking shots as they started missing some just because they didn't have their feet under them anymore. Um, it's important to realize that you just got to keep taking those shots and they will fall because these are good shooters on the team. That's what they've been doing their entire life. Or if you're Zach Eady, like six years. Um, <laughs> right. So um, if you have that, I have confidence in these guys, and I think that's important that they have confidence in themselves as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think now that we're getting into real games, the exhibitions are over, we'll really see what Painter thinks, you know, of this squad because there'll be, uh-huh. there, you know, there's obviously there's going to be uh, a shorter leash for guys. Obviously, you know, maybe not with, with the first couple games just because of the opponents but you know before too long Purdue heads to Hawaii and that is one of the most loaded tournaments I've ever seen so things ramp up really really quickly for the Boilermakers um is there anybody else or anything else about this game you wanted to highlight before um I ask you about Purdue's first opponent real quick yeah so the only other person that I really wanted to talk about was Camden Heidi he only scored five points, but this guy is going to be like a stat stuffer. I mean, five points, five rebounds, three assists, two blocks, and a steal. Um, he's definitely one of, if not the most, athletic player on the team, and it clearly shows. And um, that's not something that we're super um, privy to see at Purdue, but it's really nice to appreciate when he is there, when we yeah. have that athleticism. Yeah, it was nice to see him play because he, you know, he's been a part of the program. But with the red shirt, we just haven't seen him. And then right. he suffered some injuries um, in the off season, and I think he slightly tweaked something over in Europe as well regarding um, an ankle. Um, so yep. he's been in and out, but he definitely um, has the talent, and it's going to be nice to see him grow as well. He got, I mean, he got 21 minutes in this game, so it was good to see him mm-hmm. out there getting tested. And you know, you just look at you look at the plus minus, and it's just outrageous. The, Purdue only had two <laughs> people in the minus, um, and that was Caleb First and Ethan Morton at negative four and negative three, respectively. Um, I'm sorry, minus four, minus three. But um, Zach Eady, plus 38. Braden Smith, plus 36. Camden Heidi, plus, or I'm sorry, Camden Heidi, plus 17. Lance Jones, plus 33. So uh, pretty good overall for those guys. Absolutely. Yep. Now. I mean, and again, we can only take so much out of these. It's like playing an FCS exactly. team. Exactly. You're just here to tweak your lineups and not get injured. That's a good so. comparison. Good comparison. Yeah. Um, I think. Purdue accomplished that. Yes, absolutely. So Purdue has their first real game of the year on Monday, and mm-hmm. that is against Samford, not Sanford, Samford, uh, with an yep. M. Now, have you seen the fun they're having, uh, the Samford basketball account is having with this game? Absolutely. It has everything to do with the verticals. Yes, and so for those who haven't seen uh, the Samford men's basketball account at Samford MBB, on 
actually on Halloween, they put out a video of their coach hanging out with one of their basketball players whose name is Dallas Graziani, who is 5'7", or 5'7 half, if you ask him. Uh, and they're saying that they're going to have him uh, do the jump at the beginning of the game against Zach Eady, and that he's been training for it. Uh, today they put out another uh, video of him practicing tip-offs and swatting balls away, and honest to God, it is one of the best uses of social media I've seen for a small basketball school to get attention. Um, just absolutely perfectly done, and they're not taking it too seriously. They understand kind of the talent disparity, but mm-hmm. it, it is just a lot of fun to have this back and forth. Yeah, I mean, Zachini has what? A f- one foot nine on him? Yeah. Did, so I mean, 21 de- de- inches. Depending on what his actual height is, you just never know. We'll call it about 21 inches. Yeah. I mean, I know they were saying that they want him to improve his vertical by four inches every day. <laughs> That's just, it's fantastic. The just, only other problem is then you're also not incorporating the uh, wingspan of these players right. too, which Edie probably has an extra like foot on him. I'm ju- I'm just imagining this guy like w- with an '80s movie training montage, wearing those uh, shoes that have the big disc on the front, where you gotta like stay on your toes and you jump in them. Um, mm-hmm. the, and, and I'm just cracking up in my head as I imagine this. Yeah, I. Part of me also just wants to see the game time. Zach Eady literally just not even jump. Just <laughs> bat the ball with his wrist. Yeah. Just arms straight oh. up in the air. Just be like, doop. Yeah, exactly. It, it's fantastic. Although, Zach Eady, I don't think, won either tip. Uh, or he didn't win the exhibition game against Arkansas. He didn't win that tip. So, he's lost some before. It happens. It does happen. It does happen. Um, and so, I put it... I kind of retweeted quote tweeted the video and said you know i really hope this guy does the opening tip against Edie. and a guy by the name of uh, bj milliken who's apparently an associate ad at samford responded and said that's the plan stay tuned uh so i i still am not 100 percent sure if they're serious or not but it's gonna be fun to see what happens uh come monday so there we go folks i think we've We've said everything we can about an exhibition basketball game and, and looking forward toward Monday, but yep. we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to take a break, come back, and talk Purdue heading to Ann Arbor to take on the Wolverines. And we are back. So we originally had uh, a guest lined up to come in and talk Michigan bas- Michigan football with us, but you know we kind of realized that we're not really sure what that was going to add for us. Uh, we know Michigan is good. They are currently undefeated. Depending on who you ask, they're 1 or 1A in the Big Ten compared to Ohio State, which obviously that's going to be a great game at the end of the year. Um, And Purdue currently a 32-point underdog going into this game. I mean, nothing statistically, nothing we've seen on the field, nothing on the eye test says that Purdue has much of a chance in this game. It is a bit depressing, but, you know, that's sports, and sometimes that's going to happen to you. And I don't love to see it, but uh, it's just the reality that we find ourselves in. Ryan, I, I know you're always good for finding anything, maybe a, a flaw in a team. Is there anything you have for me? Um, this game might not count in a couple of years. There you go. That's a positive, I suppose. 
That, that's about all I have. On the field, I have nothing whatsoever. Okay. Um, so let's stick with the scandal. Um, I, I missed, I missed this. I'm not sure when exactly, uh, it was said, but, uh, Sam, Sam King of the journal and courier who covers Purdue just tweeted about an hour and a half ago, a quote from Ryan Walters on Michigan sign stealing scandal. Here's the quote. They aren't allegations. It happened. There's video evidence. There's ticket purchases you can track back. We know for a fact they were at a number of our games. Our meaning Illinois or Purdue? I assume Purdue because he said this is from today. Okay. So huh. I, I, I'm i not aware of what he's referencing. I'm not aware of the allegations reaching to cover Purdue. You would think uh, it wouldn't have to – they wouldn't have to follow – uh, and steal produce signs, but man, it's uh, pretty interesting that he just came out and, and just said it. Yeah, I so here's the thing I don't understand. Obviously, there's the Big Ten investigation, there's the NCAA in- investigation, Michigan's probably doing its own investigation so that it can levy another self inflicted um, penalty on itself and get out of the NCAA's reach. There's just so much going on with this. It's probably not going to have an actual verdict for like two and a half years. I think that's uh, generous. But yeah, the thing that that I think if you're one of the Big Ten schools, because I know they said they met on a call this week and they all voiced their frustration that nobody is penalizing Michigan yet, how are you going to do anything? The only option you really have is don't play the game, and that's not an option. Right. Like, you're not going to go back on the amount of profit you make from a single football game, especially one in Ann Arbor. Like, I, you're kind of just stuck in a between a rock and a hard place while this all plays out, and it's got to be frustrating for these teams knowing that, you know, Clearly, they all think that Michigan is guilty because they have video proof of this happening. Right. So, I don't know what you can do. You feel just completely slighted at every turn, and you know Michigan has seen your plays, can scout you. You know, they have that stuff on film. What are you going to do? And as you said... This game was not in any question. This is not going to be the leg up they need to win this game. Right. Michigan is clearly the superior team. But what happens when this comes the Ohio State game and they actually might need that leg up and you don't know if they used it. You don't know if they didn't. So the whole season is really in question for Michigan right now. And it's absolutely insane to think about. Yeah, I mean... Like, what happens if that Michigan State game comes around and it's a tight game? It's, you know, 17-14. Ohio State is driving. They're going down. They're in the red zone. They send in a play with signals from the sideline, and they Michigan stuffs them on, like, a fourth down. There, mm-hmm. People are going to ask a lot of questions if something like that happens, and I think rightfully so. Um, right. But, man, they've just – Michigan just is continuously tripping – over themselves just to make mistakes in this last year. I mean, we've got and whether you think it's right or not, whether you think the rules are are what they should be, 
they are the rules. Um, I mean, Harbaugh and the Harbaugh and the Hamburgers, where he got um, you know the first few games of the season where he couldn't coach. Then you've got uh, the sign stealing stuff, and then it came out today that some low level staffer got fired over the summer for trying to buy alcohol for a minor, and you're like, it, like a minor girl, like 13 year old, and you're like, what is happening mm-hmm. up there at Michigan? Just the entire state of Michigan between yeah, the two but, college programs. Yeah, between them My and Michigan goodness. State. I, I Just nothing good is coming out of their uh, coaching rooms right now. Quarantine both of their programs. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose – oh, I want to talk about the Central Michigan thing. Have you seen the pictures and videos of the alleged uh, Michigan guy stallions on the sideline? Uh, no, I have not. Oh my gosh, you have to look it up. So, I think it's Connor Stallions. He is Mm -hmm. allegedly, you know, the guy who went around and and filmed and stole all the signs so he knows exactly what's going on. Now, there's a picture of him, allegedly him, on the sidelines at the Central Michigan game when they played Michigan State. Now, they played Michigan State uh, on like a Friday so he mm-hmm. could theoretically go to that game and then um, go back to Michigan or whatever. Now, it was also a night game, and he is – this person is shown in the on the sideline of Central Michigan, so being able to see the Michigan State sideline, wearing sunglasses the whole game. Oh, I've seen this. Okay. And the, my favorite part is at one point – you can literally see a light turn on on the sunglasses because they look like the Ray-Ban smart sunglasses that can record. Oh, my God. And, like, we don't know if it's this guy. I was skeptical at first, but more and more stuff just keeps coming out. And you're like, could it really be this simple that this guy just somehow got a credential? Because he's got a credential around his neck in these pictures and in the video. Um, Could it be so simple that he was just like, I'm going to buy these glasses that can record and I'm going to go on the sideline and I'm going to walk around to the clipboard and I'll just pretend I'm, I'm part of the staff and fit in and seemingly no one questioned it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and central Michigan was asked about it and their AD was like, we're investigating this. We're not going to put out a statement. And it's like, Oh man, that doesn't sound good because as I said on Twitter, like if, if it truly was somebody for your, from your staff, you would just go ask a couple people in the office, be like, Hey, this is, this is Dave, right? Oh yeah, that's Dave. And go talk to Dave and be like, Dave, is this you? Yeah, that's me. What what's the problem? And then you go out and you put out a statement and say, Oh no, this is just Dave. He does this for us. Here here's his, you know, website profile. But they didn't do that. And the fact that they didn't do that kinda to me makes me think it might actually be either this Connor Stallions guy or just someone they don't know and can't account for. At which point that's comes down on CMU, like, mm-hmm. how is this dude on your sidelines exactly. with a credential? Yeah, yeah. Or your security team, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And let me <laughs> l- let me tell you, as somebody who had credentials when I was a, a graduate assistant as well as an undergrad and then um, has covered games, you know, since I've graduated, they never look at the credentials. You can attest to this as well. You just got to act like you know what you're doing, know where you're going, have it around mm-hmm. your neck. doesn't even have to be facing the right direction, and you can just walk anywhere. Yep, confidence is key. Yeah, yeah, just just walk walk right by them, throw it up over your head so, you know, like you're trying to show it to them and walk around the crowd, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, it actually reminds me of a video I've seen where two guys like get into the Super Bowl just by wearing uh, like a hard hat and a safety vest. <laughs> That's great. So, I Very. mean, if you look the part, you're not going to get questioned, especially yeah. in these large crowd ev- uh, events. Yeah, I mean, it's it, not going to happen. It's like uh, Ghostbusters too when they try to do the road work and they just put on the safety vests and go down in the sewers. So. Right. It, it it's just a universal thing. Um, so I do want to talk about at least one stat that I saw today that NBC Sports shared because this game is, of course, on NBC. Uh, sadly, mm-hmm. not on Peacock, this one. We'd like to see uh, – we'd like to have as few people see this one as possible. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. So they shared the tail of the tape, and they compared Purdue and Michigan um, through five different categories. Pass yard – excuse me, pass yards – Purdue, 1724, Michigan, 1979. You're like, okay, not that bad. Rush yards. Right. Purdue, 1066, Michigan, 1394. 300 plus is a a pretty big difference, but still not too outlandish. Uh, Sacks, Purdue, 24, Michigan, 21. You're like, hey, we've got that one. Uh Interceptions, Purdue, 6, Michigan, 11. Okay. They've got us there. Yards allowed, and here is here's the big number. Yards allowed, Michigan, 1,814. Yards allowed, Purdue, 3,045. So over 1,200, over 1,200 additional yards allowed by the Purdue defense. And if that doesn't tell you just about everything you need to go need to know heading into this game, oh boy. Uh, I would like to just see the turnover numbers as well. Like how many times we have fumbled compared to Michigan, because um, I feel like that might be a tale of the tape as well. Yeah, but, yeah, that's true. So I mean, I mean that being it's it's gonna be a tough one. Um, you know, you mentioned going into uh, the big house. Uh, official capacity of the big house is one hundred and seven thousand six hundred and one. Um, but this tells me the largest. Uh, Football game attendance in history was back in 2013 when they hosted uh, Notre Dame, and it was 115,109 people. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it is a large stadium, quite a place to play a football game. Ryan, have you ever had a chance to attend a game at the Big House? I have not, and I, I was whimsical and thinking I might this year, but. It's not in the cards. Yeah, I, I don't blame you for this one. I wouldn't. I would not want to go um, to see Purdue play at the Big House for this one. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been once um, back. It was not a Purdue game. It was just a Michigan football game because I've got family in Ann Arbor, and mm-hmm. it was it was a really fun experience. It was a it was really crowded in there. Um, very very tight seats from one row to the next, but. Overall, you know, it's definitely a place you should go watch a run, a, go watch a football game at least one time in your career, in your career, in your life. Maybe you can cover well, one in your career. Yeah, one day. It's 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 crazy to me to think that there's these stadiums in the Big Ten that are so big and so monumental, and then you just have like I I would think Ross Aid's an average size. Uh, stadium, mm-hmm. but there's nothing compared to these meccas of football. Right. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, Beaver Stadium, Ohio Stadium, and and Michigan Stadium, just mm-hmm. absolutely a whole other whole other level. Yeah, even like Camp Randall. Yeah, Camp Randall's pretty big too. I don't know the actual capacity there, but it's very right. it's big. Mm-hmm. So um, I know I asked, and now I will answer. Purdue on the season has thirteen turnovers. That's it. Seven. I feel like that's more. Feel like it should be more, but I'll trust your numbers. That's according to the Purdue football stats page. So, um, I should hope they have that. Yeah, I would think that's accurate. Fifteen times. Oh man. So, and then according to Michigan's page, they only have five turnovers this. That that tracks. So, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I mean, there's not a lot to say. I mean, we're not optimistic about them. Camp Randall, by the way, 80,321 is their capacity. So uh, in between Ross-Aid and the big boys there. But yeah. All right, Ryan. What what do we – I mean, we got to do it, I guess. What's your prediction for this game? Uh, I I struggle with this because it's almost to the point where, like, will Purdue score a garbage time touchdown? Right. That really is what it comes down to. Like, are they going to get a gimme at the end? Or there always seems to be, like, you score the first touchdown on your scripted plays, and then you get outscored 49-0. to zero. Um, Either way, I think Purdue gets one touchdown, either in the rem- the waning seconds or just, like, a fluke touchdown. And I have it at 52-10. to 10. Okay, 52-10, to 10. all right. I, I mean... Ten points, it, it seems generous for me right now, the way this offense is playing. Right. So, but, but also, Purdue can't kick field goals. We've missed our last five. Um, so I think I'm going to go 49-0. to zero. I'm going to go Purdue shutout. It's not going to be great. I'm going to hate every mm-hmm. second of it. But, you know, I will watch every second of it um, because that's just the kind of guy I am. So... I don't know. It's going to be a rough one, and we'll do everything we can to try to try to liven it up a little bit as we as we recap it on Sunday, barring you know some unforeseen miracle uh, of Purdue coming out and winning this game. But Michigan, going App is, State? yeah, going in App State on them. That was a good game. Hmm. I do have a punting game for us. Oh, all right. So, um, their puncher. Averages 42 yards a punt. And I have this, it would take this punter 8,795 punts to get somewhere. Not too, too far. So are we going south? Are we going outside the state of Michigan? Yes, we're not going north. We're not going to Canada. Okay, not Canada. So it's a a American location. Um, Correct. Is it to Jim Harbaugh's nemesis at the NCAA? Ooh, do you know where that is? It's in Indianapolis. You are correct, sir. Yes. Um, it is. It is to the NCAA World Headquarters in Indianapolis, Indiana. Do they call it the World Headquarters? They do. It's a. Isn't it just a United States organization? Hey, it's like calling yourself the World Champions. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but that just seems even more arrogant, man. I mean, hey, so. Yeah, you're right. It is to Jim Harbaugh's nemesis. Right. I could have done it to Vegas because I feel like he he's been tied to that head coaching job now. Well, yeah. Um, 
speaking of, uh, we should at least note that with the firing of the Las Vegas Raiders head coach, they've announced that Aiden O'Connell will be their starting quarterback going forward. So what a story for that guy from, from sixth on the depth chart as a walk-on at Purdue to a starter to getting drafted in the NFL to now being an NFL starter in his very first season. Just an absolute amazing story. Just highlights the power of a great mustache. <laughs> I think you might be taking the wrong lessons from his story, but I'll let you hang on to that one. Slightly. Yeah. So, uh, and for those who celebrate, I know it's after um, Halloween. Happy Christmas season. <laughs> yeah. I am not one of those people. Mariah Carey has now been fully defrosted, and you will hear him. You will hear her at all your local shopping outlets. But so. there we go, folks. That's all we've got for you. Uh, Purdue basketball starts on Monday. We will talk about that on our next one as well. Until then, let's uh, you know try to enjoy some Purdue versus Michigan, and let's hope for an upset. Let's hope to be spoiler makers once again. For Ryan and myself, thanks for joining us, folks. Boiler up. Hammer down. <laughs>